0: Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your special name among men. Father, we lift you up and we lift you high. We lift you high above everything else that exists, Lord. You come before our lives, before our wives, before our children, before our husbands, before our jobs. You come first, my God, because without you, we wouldn't even exist, Lord. And so we exalt you to the highest place. We exalt your son to the highest place. We exalt, my God, your spirit to the highest place. your center stage, Father, at the center of our life, and we're anchored to you, my God, and nothing can intercept that. Nothing can change that. Nothing can stop that because of your glory, your infinite glory, and we love you, Father, and we know that you taught us this love, and we ask that you continue to teach us your brand of love. We had our brand of love. It's gotten us into trouble. It's gotten us into success, but Either way, it was never consistent enough. It was always fleeting. But when it came to your son, Jesus, and our love for him, things started to be consistently changed. Things started to be consistently transformed. And so we thank you, Lord. We ask you that during this wilderness season that you give everybody a special touch of your anointing, a special place in your heart for the full glory of God to be manifest. And so we thank you, Lord, and we ask that you help us to stay focused, my God, on discipleship, focused on our intimacy with Jesus, focused on the assignment, the ministerial assignment that you've given us in our individual lives, Father God. We we lift you up, Lord Jesus. We lift you up. We ask for your mercy and your grace to be upon us. And we ask for your Holiness to be upon us. And we ask, my God, that you feed us manna from the sky. We no longer crave foreign food, my God. The wisdom that is wisdom is the wisdom that is Jesus. And so we thank you, Lord, and we lift you up. We pray for forgiveness of our sins. We pray for forgiveness of the sins past, present, and future. We pray, my God, for all of our loved ones, I lift up my sister in law last night. She had surgery for a heart attack. I pray that she heals and that she recovers and that she makes a full 100% recovery, total restoral of her being. And I pray these things, Lord, in Yeshua's mighty name. And the body of Christ says, Can we get an amen in the house? Amen. Of the amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise discussion of manna. They fed them. He said it, he fed them manna from the sky to eat. And of course we know that the manna was miraculous, right? It, it, was, it had to be eaten the same day. Okay, later we find out in scripture it was the food of angels. Later on we find out in scripture that it's actually Jesus. Symbolic of Jesus himself. And so everything points to Jesus, uh, like Pastor Trina's statement, she says, you know, what I've learned is that everything in the Bible points to Jesus, and that's exactly right. Everything in the word of God points to Jesus, was made for Jesus, was made by Jesus, and Jesus was at the center of all things made. Nothing was made that has been made, and all things were made for the purpose and the elevation of Jesus. Jesus. And so the manna also was symbolic. And Jesus later told the crowd, he said, I am the true manna that comes from heaven. So the manna they were eating in the desert was manna. Symbolic of Jesus, the true manna. Glory to God. And so if we look at it in that light, when they craved foreign foods, They were actually rejecting Jesus. They didn't realize it at the time. We want meat to eat. We're tired of this manna. Said it was like coriander. It was like a wafer. Tasted like coriander seed and honey. They got tired of eating it. Now, you know, we have taste buds, right? And we're used to eating different things at different times. We're not used to eating the same thing every day. And we have an appetite for different foods. So why would God take his bride out into the wilderness and give her manna from the sky? To detoxify her. To detoxify her from her appetite. Because she had an appetite for the flesh over an appetite for the spirit. And so God's like, I'm going to lead you in the desert. I'm going to feed you manna from the sky. I want you to defocus on the leeks and the melons. I want you to defocus on the varieties that I created. I want you to defocus off the varieties of life that I created. Because I'm consecrating you into a moment where you understand that the spirit is everything. That man does not live on bread alone, but out of every utterance out of the mouth of God. Again, God is seeking for people to long and to pant over his spirit, his person. He's like, every distraction in your life has to be brought low. And it has to be brought low by eating manna from the sky and not grumbling and complaining that you're
1: tired of the food that you're eating. Manna from the sky, Jesus. Jesus.
0: Jesus is the true manna from the sky. Do we ever grow weary of dining on Jesus? I'm sure some of us can testify to this in some area of our life as God transforms us that we romance the previous life whether in the previous life we had a lot of money or whether in the previous life we had a lot of notoriety, whether in the previous life we had a lot of friends, whatever it is that existed in the previous life. And as we mature, we may not not reminisce over the previous life, but there may be aspects of that life, especially when we're being transformed from glory to glory. There may be aspects of that previous life that cause us to long for the leeks and melons to long for the cuts of meat while in Egypt. Egypt symbolized slavery, and those who sin are slaves to sin. Santo, glory to God. And so, as God transforms us from glory to glory, He's actually transforming us from some state of sin to some lesser state of sin because. The ultimate glory, obviously, is the final glory when all sin is removed and the sinful nature is miraculously removed. We receive a crown of incorruptibility. But until that time, when we get transferred from glory to glory, it just really means from, and I say a state of sin because when you get transferred from glory to glory, it doesn't necessarily mean you give up an action of sin, but there is a such thing as a state of sinful-mindedness A state state of sinful heartedness. You must say, oh, I'm not sinful minded. I'm not sinful hearted. We're talking about progressive sanctification. Let's not get caught up in level conflict. At every level, God is dealing with some aspect of our imperfection. And the very nature of our imperfection in itself is sin.
1: Because it's not meant to be there. It's out of order. It misses the mark. Glory to God, hallelujah.
0: And so, God gave them manna from the sky, knowing full well that it would retard their appetite. What will they do? What will my bride do? Will she stay at my feet? Will she stay pursuing me? Will she shift her interest from her like for the variety of food to giving me the attention? See, the wilderness experience was all about God wooing his bride for undivided attention. This is why Jesus said, you cannot love sister, brother, mother, father, husband, wife, children, not even your own soul greater than me or you're not worthy of me. To be worthy of Jesus, he has to be the manna from the sky that you never grow tired of dining on. So he retarded their taste buds by giving them manna from the sky. And now what's next? What should have been next is a detoxification. Of course, there would be some craving for food, but we're going to answer that craving for food by seeking the face of the Lord, by humbling ourselves and reflecting on our intimacy with God. That's what they were supposed to do, even though they didn't have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The manna, because if you know anything about cravings, right, cravings don't last forever. After a while, it passes. And then after a while, not only does it pass, but then your interest in that area will eventually just die off. And so if they continue to eat the manna, of course, they might struggle in their inner being. But if they had made the decision inside their inner being, I'm going to grow closer to God. Now, I can't think about, oh, what are we going to eat today? Oh, I'm going to eat shrimp. Oh, what are we going to eat tomorrow? Oh, we're going to eat steak. Oh, we're going to eat this. Oh, we're going to eat that. We can't do that because we're getting manna from the sky. The Lord is feeding us. And this is what he said we should eat. And so this is what we're going to eat. And if that causes some internal trouble with my mind, then I need to put myself in check because my God is more important than food and drink. That's what they were supposed to do. But that's not what they did. They craved foreign foods. And so if the manna symbolizes Jesus, then their actions symbolizes a discipleship reaction to the wilderness. And in this wilderness experience, if you don't run through a season where you're struggling to crave foreign foods, then you're not walking through this wilderness properly. I can say that confidently because I know that the sinful nature, the human nature, the nature that wants to put flesh over spirit, is not going to go away silently. He or she is not going to go away without a fight. And so if you're pressing into a deeper level of God, then God is challenging some of the aspects of your being that crave foreign foods. Will you grumble and complain like the Israelites did? It's not a matter of craving them. I think we all admit that if we were eating coriander seed, a, a, a cracker wafer of coriander seed and honey every single day, starting today, they would reach a point where we would go, oh my gosh, I'm kind of getting tired of this cracker. But then that's when we would have to use our spiritual discipline and say, Yeah, that's my sinful nature talking. God is feeding me manna from the sky. And there's a reason why he's going about it this way. And I'm going to trust the Lord. Santo, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to trust the Lord and what he's doing in this season. I'm going to trust the Lord in the direction he's taking me in this season. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to rebuke you flesh. I'm going to shut you down. Remember we talked about rebuking your heart. I'm going to rebuke you heart. You desire foreign foods, but I will dine on manna from heaven.
1: And I will learn to like it. I mean, God's smart. We're pretty bright, right? But God's smart
0: he knew that giving them manna from heaven wasn't going to be something they would be just kicking the heels
1: in the air going, yee-haw, manna from heaven. But what he was looking at was the response.
0: And of course, we know part of his response to them was to actually give them meat to eat. He said he gave them so much they had it coming out of their nostrils. He says, and while that was happening, a plague came upon the people, right? Because their heart condition was wrong. God yielded to them, but then he also punished them because their heart condition was wrong. But where are we craving foreign foods inside our mortal being? See, this is not about what Apostle Kevin's opinion of, is of you. It's not what First Century Christ Church's opinion of you is. It's not about what somebody else's opinion of. I'm, talk, I'm talking to you about a subject, but the subject I'm discussing has to do with the relationship between you and God. No in-betweens.
1: You, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, where in your life do you crave
0: foreign foods? Well, I don't know if I have that in my life. How do, I, how do I identify whether I have it in my life? Well, if God is calling you to prayer and consecration, but you can't go because you caught up in something, and I'm not talking about a work assignment or some scheduled event. I think some people take it out of context. I'm talking about You know, in your intimacy with God, God's calling you away from something. God might be calling you away from someone. Mm. Someone might be the foreign food. Something might be the foreign food. Maybe it's a habit or a hobby, or maybe it's a person who kills your spiritual elevation, stops you from your spiritual maturation, and you feel the Holy Spirit calling you. Maybe it's a
1: friend from school, a buddy on the job, a life circumstance. Only you know
0: because this is an intimate relationship between you and God. And in some area of your life, God wants to feed you manna from the sky. We're going to simplify this. I understand I created all this variety. He didn't expect them to eat manna from the sky forever. It was a season in the wilderness where they needed to eat manna. There was a season in the wilderness where they needed to eat manna. He wasn't going to put them on manna until the
1: coming of Jesus. They probably weren't going to be eating manna in the promised land because he said it was the land of milk and honey. I want you to eat from my hand. Manna from the sky was only savable the day before the Sabbath. Prior to that, it would be
0: consumed by maggots. There's a special manna given the day before the Sabbath. He wanted to give them the manna fresh every day. The people didn't trust
1: God, though. They kept trying to save. God said, why do these people keep testing me? say, well, come on.
0: I mean, you're feeding them food from the sky. They're afraid that they might not have food tomorrow.
1: Well, you didn't make the food from the sky. You didn't make it come down to you. And I said I would feed you daily. Why did you decide to cover it in
0: case I changed my mind? Why didn't you trust me? See something about man from the sky is you're not gonna have all the foreknowledge. You know, I don't for those of you listening to the recording, I don't know where you're from, but most of the folk that are on the line now are here in the United States. In the United States and in the Western Western culture, there's always a lot of planning and structure and planning and organizing and planning. And projecting, and and this is how we kind of do everything, and we think that that has some maturity associated with it. And I'm not arguing that it doesn't. But as it pertains to the manna from the sky, God wants you to eat from His hand. Where is God feeding you manna from the sky? See, he's not telling you what's going to happen tomorrow. He, he said, "I'll take care of it." Right? Worrying, right? Sometimes is because we're rejecting the manna from the sky, and we know the manna. Is Jesus, Jesus said, "Do not worry." about tomorrow but tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own but seek ye first the kingdom of god and its righteousness and don't worry everything else in regards to your existence will be added unto you wherever you're worrying you're rejecting the manna from the sky The manna came down and God said, take just enough to eat for today and don't save any. And you're trying to stick some in a special compartment. You got it locked up in the refrigerator, hoping that you can salvage it in the event that maybe there's no manna tomorrow. That's worry. That's what worry does. But when you say, no, I'm going to stay in the moment with God. I'm going to eat from God's hand. Then I'm going to do what the spirit directs in the moment. See, manna from the sky could be the teaching of Christ, right? How many of us crave foreign teaching? You know, the church went through, the Western church went through an age where it romanced some of the concepts of Hinduism and Buddhism and, and all these different other religious movements because it had become so void of a spirit movement that it was desperate for a spirit movement, even if the
1: spirit movement wasn't Jesus. What? Where is God feeding you manna from the sky? That's where you're in a wilderness. And this is where we have to address our
0: craving of foreign foods. Now, the craving of foreign foods is going to come. Every one of us could sympathize with the Israelites in the desert. Come on. if you, You're not being real with yourself. If you're going to say that you would have sat out there and ate crackers with honey every single day, and it would have never dawned on you. I'm getting tired of eating this. So when God's giving you that manna from the sky, there's going to be some pullback. How are you going to react with the pullback? You're going to grumble and complain like the Israelites did? You're going to ask for meat to eat? Demand a different food? Crave foreign foods? Reject the wisdom of Jesus?
1: And elect something else that's more to your fancy and to your taste? There's so much to be said about this manna that he fed them from heaven. Jesus, the true manna, which comes down from heaven. Day
0: by day, you must dine on the manna of Jesus. I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I know that God said he will provide. If I start to worry and start to gather my uh, uh, leveraging points, I'm not walking in faith and trusting God. Now, I'm not talking about uh, not saving money with your finances. I'm not talking about not expanding your career opportunities. I'm not talking about not saving for a house. This is not what we're talking about,
1: unless this is what we're talking about, if you know what I mean. Where is God feeding you manna from heaven? And how are you dealing with the craving for foreign food? Father Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your special name
0: among men. We thank you for the saints, my God, who faithfully plug in. We thank you for those who will plug into the podcast of the recording. We thank you for this wilderness experience. We thank you for this wilderness season. We thank you for your mercy, your kindness, and your grace. And more importantly, we thank you for the true manner. Which cometh down from heaven, your son, Jesus Christ. We pray a special blessing upon the saints that they will get through the day, my Lord, and they will get to it stronger and mightier and with greater attentiveness, knowing that they have you feeding them this true manna from heaven. I pray a blessing upon the souls, a blessing in the spirit, a blessing coming in, a blessing going out, and I pray. For a strong, strong finish for all the saints here, my God. Because you're not as concerned as how we got started. You're concerned about it, but not as concerned as how we finish. Finishing well is the most important thing. And so we seek Jesus, even the greater, even the more. We press in, we press on. We ask for your glory and your majesty and your grace to fill our hearts. In Yeshua's mighty name. And the body of Christ says, Can we get an amen in the house? Amen. 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 Um, amen.
1: amen. Praise God. Glory that's to God. Right. Have a great morning.